inside. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, that's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Well, as has been the case all week, Doug McCary is out of the studio, and in today for him once again is David Gray. David was in on Wednesday, and we're glad to have him back in today. How's it going today, David? Good, Taylor. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, Doing good to well. be here as always. A little bit of a little bit of a thrill ride getting in here. Yeah, yeah. we are having uh, what for our area is a, is a a big non hurricane related storm. This is this is about as stormy as it ever gets. Other than a hurricane. Yeah, and you know what? It's cold as well, so it reminds me of Indiana. It's uh, I, I kind of like it, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm excited to be able to sit at home and uh, I, I hang out and watch a movie. I know? agree. There's something about, you know, I grew up in the Northeast. You, you're you from someplace else and where there was some weather. And, there's, you know, I love the weather here. And don't get me wrong. I do not miss long, <laughs> cold winters. Yeah. I always joke that I'd love to have a New England winter from you know, for the month of December, right? You know, well, I'd say a little in uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you know, get maybe the, Thanksgiving yeah. to New Year's, right, right. But uh, I, I don't miss it. But days like this, we get so much weather that is so good that it's mm-hmm. nice to have a little change. And I'm a weather guy. I love watching storms. I yeah. love it in the summer when we get to see the thunderstorms. And But I, I also love the reaction here anytime it gets a little colder and there's a big storm. <laughs> Uh, you know my penchant for for movies and comedy and all that, but there's an old Steve Martin movie called L.A. Story that he wrote, and it's a it's a parody of life in Los Angeles. Is really okay. what it is. It's about 20 years old, but he plays kind of a wacky weatherman in the movie. And there's a scene where he goes out and interviews residents about how they handled it when, to quote him, the night before the temperature dropped to a bone chilling 57 degrees. And he's, <laughs> he's interviewing people about what they did. And, you know, he's, he's kind of freaking out. And one guy says, well, you know, I shut the windows and brought the cat in, you know, <laughs> so, anyway, that's kind of how the reaction is around here. Sometimes, you know, when the, uh, when the temperature drops below 65 degrees. So anyway, oh, yep. but we need the rain and it's, it's kind of a, kind of a nice change. Yeah. It's a nice change of pace. And, you know, my wife is a Florida girl. So, uh, for her, oh yeah, anything below seventy is, right. is trouble. But right. for me, I like it. Yeah. Have you had any plans for this weekend that are now going to be washed out? Because I think it's supposed to be pretty rough tomorrow. No, you know we have been really busy the past two weeks, uh, so we were looking forward to just chilling anyway. So yeah, that's the case, and that's what we're going to be doing. Good, so, good. Yeah. Well, it'll be a good day tomorrow for sure to do that. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, you guys got anything going on? No, not too much. My actually, I'll give a plug. My wife helps out, and and Doug is familiar with this doug has brought his uh his kids over there uh, my wife helps out at a place right near our house a friend of hers has started a um it's a it's a horse therapy oh, okay. process I think uh, we've maybe yeah, talked about it a yeah little bit for uh for for disabled kids or, or challenged kids mm-hmm. and um and it's great it's fantastic that my grandson who's had a few speech delays he's mm-hmm. been over there and okay and done it it's called bit of faith ranch so mm-hmm. there's the play on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. words there and uh, I sound like Michael Scott from The Office explaining <laughs> the play on words. But um, 
anyway, they uh, Kelly usually helps out over there on Saturday mornings. That'll probably get get rained out, and uh, mm. you know, I've been I've had a couple SWAT buddies that I've been playing golf with on a fairly regular basis, so we may not be able to do that, but that's not the end of the world. Yeah, right. Uh, you've been uh, checking out the news at all today? You seen anything interesting? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, just so, some of the things that, uh, you know, there's a never-ending supply. Yeah, right. When it comes to the uh, to the political, is there? But just some of the things that, you know, we were talking about yesterday, kind of the follow-up to the Virginia race especially. You know, you and I were talking about the, the woman, her name is Winsome Sears, mm-hmm. who was uh, – won the lieutenant governor's race in Virginia, first woman, forget minority woman, first woman to begin with to, to win um, that Statewide office, office in, yeah. in Virginia. And uh, she's a Jamaican immigrant. You know, she's a naturalized U.S. citizen, former Marine, you know, loves the country, and she's already being just slammed. Um, so I saw a story today where one commentator referred to her as a black mouth for white supremacy. Yeah. And that just... It makes me so sad to hear that. It makes me angry, but it makes me sad, too. Yeah, you know, um, that's nothing new uh, as far, I think, you know, black uh, conservatives or black people who don't fit the mold have um, experienced that quite a lot. Um, you know, Thomas Sal talks about uh, uh, talks about it quite often. But, yeah, that's not really a surprise. It, it, well, what is a surprise is that there seems to be no self-awareness. And mm-hmm. to d- double down on this is white supremacy, this is racism – is absolutely astounding. I mean, in New Jersey, where you know uh, a guy who spent one hundred fifty-three dollars <laughs> beats somebody who'd been in there for twenty years. Um, someone in uh, in Seattle wins, uh, who's a, t- a law and order type uh, candidate, wins in Seattle of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets Ted Wheeler to say, "Oh, hey, uh, uh, city, uh, can can we fund the police again?" Um, you know, on the city level, people are at least realizing. Okay, hold up. What's going on? Yep. Um, but nationally, uh, it seems to be more of the same trying to ramrod an agenda and to uh, couple that as a way to get that agenda going is to label anything else racist, yep. uh, regardless of how racist you sound right. or you are, I guess, in order to uh, push that agenda. Because to call uh, her someone in blackface, you know, blackface white supremacy, that's just racism. Yep. That's just bigotry. It, right? It really there. is. One of the one of the people, one of the more conservative commentators I read that that responded to that was quoted as saying, people of color are duty-bound, according to the left, to recite liberal orthodoxy and pledge allegiance to that side of the fence. And if they don't, then they're just as bad as anybody else. Well, Joe Biden told you what it is. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. If you you don't fall in line, if you don't toe the line of uh, the Democrat plantation, then you are... Uh, well, you're a threat, but you're also not really black. Candace Owens, I mean, you hear about that. Even yeah. even Kanye West. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Kanye West actually might have some sway in the black community to pull people out of that mindset. Right. But even him, they, oh, let's, uh, he, he needs mental health. He's this, he's that. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just that there's a stranglehold on that community. And until the community stands up and says, no, nah, we're yep. not taking this, you know, it's going to stay that way. And, yep. you know, for me, it's it's sad to see. Um you know, just obviously with my family background and stuff, but yep. it's something that, you know, until the community demands the change, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and you and I were talking about this before we came on, I, and I, I'm not totally up on this. I know that the Supreme Court is looking at the the Texas abortion law case, and, and I guess to determine 
you know, whether to let it stand, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or to, to strike it down. But apparently in conjunction with that, and this is where I'm a little fuzzy, but there are hearings going on in Congress where there are um, there are hearings going on having to do with the law and having to do with abortion access or, or you know, um, and, and I read an article about some senators or some congressmen, I should say, questioning some uh, abortion access advocates mm-hmm. who are in before Congress. Some baby and murder advocates. It, Basically, and, 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 and it was just a very interesting article. I just encourage people to go out and look at it um, because they're asking these people very direct questions about do you consider that a life is being ended? Do you consider that a life is being taken? And, and the folks that are the advocates for the access are, are not answering the questions. Mm. They're, they're, they're bobbing and weaving and avoiding the questions and answering from a – it's always about – a healthcare issue, you yeah, know, yeah. trying to trying to kind of obfuscate it with with that kind of language. So again, I, I don't want to get too deeply into that because I didn't um, read up on it enough, and I'm not educated on it enough on that particular hearing. But I would encourage people just to go read it and and see what's going on and see how the discussion is is playing out. Yeah, and you know, uh, talking about the uh, the issue that's come up to the Supreme Court, I think um, this is something that people need to look at because obviously. Um, uh, we want that to be, uh, upheld that the, the limitation on abortion in Texas would not be tampered with in any way. Um, but also, you know, politically, it's something that for, uh, Donald Trump, if he wants to run again in 2024, um, this is going to be a big thing because he said he put three justices in there, Mm -hmm. um, in order to specifically, pretty specifically, uh, deal with the issue of abortion. And I'll be honest, I'm not too hopeful that the uh, that his justices are going to come through on that yep. matter because just the rulings in the past year there have been a lot of questionable ones especially from someone like Amy Coney Barrett who was supposed to be right. the, the 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 replacement for Scalia she's supposed to be this titan right. um, and she has done some things that are just like where right. did that come uh, from I know and I know yep so that that makes the abortion question one that is troubling that 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 I don't know how they're going to respond and. This isn't a ban on abortion. You know, people are calling it the abortion ban in Texas. This is a limitation Correct. of abortion, and it's a stepping stone to Correct. get it completely uh, banned at some point. Correct. It, it is a stepping stone. It's not a ban. It, it still allows legal abortion. At, you know, it's it's if I understand it correctly, it's limiting it to as soon as a heartbeat is detected, right? Yeah, pretty then, much six weeks, I think, is the cutoff. Right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so. And I know we're going to come up on a break, but on a lighter note, and we can pick up on this on the other side, you know, uh, you and Brad may have touched on this, but this whole let's go Brandon phenomenon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, without getting into the origins of that, I'll let people, well, I can I can say it at a high level. It it comes from uh, uh, a crowd chanting something that uh, is, it wasn't particularly nice about Joe Biden at a NASCAR race. And the somebody was interviewing, a woman from the sports station was interviewing the winner whose name happened to be Brandon, and she announced that they were chanting, let's go Brandon. Clearly that yeah, they weren't. When they too, were yeah. chanting something derogatory, uh, to say the least, about the president. And uh, and anyway, we'll pick up on that on the other side of the break, but it's kind of humorous of a couple of the reactions to that. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more, excuse me, after the break. I'd uh, like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain that is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you were just joining us before the break, um, David and I were talking a little bit about the uh, Let's Go Brandon meme that has taken off. Uh, this is obviously um, going back to a video in which uh, a crowd was chanting uh, and, uh, an epitaph, I guess, for Joe Biden is a good way to put it. And the 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 lady who was interviewing someone who had just won a NASCAR race was saying uh, that they were saying, let's go Brandon when clearly uh, they weren't. So we were just talking about that a little bit. Yeah. And my point in bringing it up was not to, to focus on what that means, you know, that it's a, it's a code for something else. Um, but the, the reaction to it by those who said the exact same type of things or far worse about Trump. And whether you like Trump or don't, I'm not. That's not my point. My point is the double standard, and I think we we see this so much throughout. It, it's infected everything that that uh, we deal with in all areas of society. There, this idea that there's outrage about those who think that we you know, that that shouldn't be said about Biden, and 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 that's a that's a cleaned up version mm-hmm. of what they were saying. And, and it's, it's kind of become just this rallying cry of a way to show that people disagree with them. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, and it's more than just that. And I think this is the reason that there's an issue with, I was listening to someone talk about this and, and, and the issue is it is pulling the pants down of, you know, the corporate media and showing a mockery and, mm-hmm. and a farce of what it is. I mean, clearly in the video, I mean, if you watch the video, Clearly, that's not what's being said. And right. to try to spin it like that and to think that people are so dumb. She should have just, just ignored it. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that people are so dumb that they're going to take that. Right. Uh, well, people are that's a now great point. taking that and running with it because it's really poking fun at the corporate media who thinks that they're the arbiters of truth. Yeah. And that's why great, they're, great so, point. they're so upset about great it. Great point. Great point. But I went back. I read an article that went back and summarized many of the things that were said on live TV. Mm about Trump by well-known high profile actors, musicians, activists. And if you go back and read some of those things, they're far worse. 
Madonna, yeah. Madonna talking about blowing up the White House, mm-hmm. uh, music videos that depicted Trump being assassinated, and um, Kathy Griffin holding up his head. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro on, on live TV at the Tonys, you know, dropping that that mm-hmm. that bomb on, uh, on about Trump, and 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 again, I'm not advocating any of that. You know, even as much as I disagree, <laughs> maybe with with certain things about the current administration. Bible tells us, you know, we're to pray for our leaders and respect the office and and mm-hmm. and, and be subordinate to the to the government unless certain conditions apply. It doesn't, right. but it doesn't mean we can't disagree and work for change. That's also biblical. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I my point is not again to to bring up um, what's actually being said, but to your point that the exposure of the hypocrisy, the double standard, the way the media treats the citizenry like like people are stupid mm-hmm. and, and are going to buy that and um you know so anyway interesting just story. on another level it is kind of funny that they're the ones who are playing the offended about oh we shouldn't use this coarse language which yeah we should not that course well let's go brandon is not coarse language but you know what else was being said is coarse right um and yeah we should not be using that language but it is funny to see the same corporate media who has pushed the society towards a more and more vulgar uh, disposition now being the ones who are uh, so shocked and their right. delicate sensibilities are hurt. It's, it's just <laughs> delicate sensibilities. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I like that phrase. Well, uh, finally, I, I, to, to end all of this and kind of end the week on a more uplifting news story, I was telling you before the, before we came on, I, I read a story about a, um, this happened in Wisconsin, apparently, and I don't know if the students were from a Christian school or a public school. I didn't get into that, but um, they had a teacher who apparently she's sixty six. She is sixty six years old, um, and um, she uh, she's got terminal cancer, stage four cancer. She's dying, and the students, I think over twenty of them, came to the hospital. They brought her to the entrance of the hospital in a wheelchair. And the students sang to her, and it said they were singing worship songs to mm. her. And um, and not only the students, but apparently many of the parents of the students had had this woman as a teacher oh, wow. as well. And so it was just a. There were some great quotes in the story, and you know, again, I love the phrase Doug uses about putting Jesus on display, and um, that's a great way to summarize, you know, what our mission is. And uh, that was a real example. And again, the article didn't get in too much to um, what school they were from or mm-hmm. what was going on, but but it did mention that they were singing worship songs. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some video out there of it. And uh, you know, I was telling you again before we came on, it was especially meaningful to me. Um, my mom died in at the end of May, and. Uh, had cancer and I was fortunate enough to, to be there with her for the last week before she died. And uh, a couple days before she died, uh, several people from their church that they've been a part of for she and my dad for 46 years, um, came in and, and sang hymns to her basically mm. in the room that she was in. And, uh, it was incredibly powerful. And, you know, we've been talking in, in this passage in acts about one of the aspects of, how God works in every salvation experience is his, his, he chooses sovereignly chooses his timing. Yeah. And of course, not only in salvation, but in all things, especially, you know, in all things and obviously in the life of his people. And, you know, that week my mom was, was dying. Um, 
you know, it was getting to the point where myself and my family, you know, we were kind of all thinking it without directly saying it. Okay, Lord, just just take her. Why is she hanging on? And Mm -hmm. even, believe it or not, even my mom was saying, and this is so like my mom, she was apologizing to us for her dying, taking so long that we, yeah, she was like worried that we were being put out, that we had to spend the time, you know, that's just how she was. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a joke in there somewhere and (laughs) we can laugh about that because that was part of her personality. But, but as is so often the case, when that week was over and she died and I had a chance to reflect on everything, it became clear that, you know, the, the, the folks from her church in there singing to her. She died on Friday. That was on Tuesday. And then some other things that happened on Wednesday and Thursday, including a nurse who came in who hadn't been part of her care at all, but who was there on the night before she died and on the day she died, saw everybody ministering to her and then started asking us questions mm. about who, who are all these people? What's going on? I've never seen somebody getting so much love. And I realized if my mom had died a day or two earlier, that person would not have experienced that. Um, if she had died a week earlier, you know, and been at another place, the staff there wouldn't have heard the hymns and and, and seen her taking communion and all of that. So it, it just, you know, I think that one of the things that this passage reminds us is to keep our eyes open for that kind of thing and, and to trust God completely in the timing of things, um, even though it doesn't make sense to us at the time. So anyway, I thought that was a, that was a nice story to kind of <laughs> end things uh, after all the other political stuff and, uh, and news stories. Well, so. Yeah. And it's a nice story too, just, uh, in the times that we live in, I think a lot of pe- people feel isolated and, and maybe feel like what they do, um, you know, that they're not seen or recognized for their work, but uh, a good reminder of the, the blessing of community Right. And then that you can have an impact um, and such an impact that the community comes around you at the end of your life. Right. And, right. Um, w- with just how divided everything is and how isolated people feel, I think it's a good reminder to seek that community. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're a believer, especially seek that in uh, the body and, and uh, fellowship with other believers. You know? uh, absolutely. And I was thinking about that as well, about what is it like? Think about what it's been like for people over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, mm-hmm. how many people suffered and died alone? Yeah. I mean, just, just incredible. Um, and so, you know, obviously one of the pillars of SWAT is community and, and, and I can speak firsthand, of course, and I'm sure you can to the, to the absolute need for that and, mm-hmm. and, and the benefit of that. And, um, you know, I think in our, and I know in my, whenever I say our, I really mean me, <laughs> but in our natural state, in my natural state, you know, I, I resist sometimes community, right? I, I want to isolate. I want to just do my own thing. But um, the more we partake in it, the more we realize the importance of it. And then when we don't have it, the more we miss it and want to get back to it. So Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a natural tendency for a, a lot of men, right, and a lot of um, – I guess a lot of people, but there's different generational aspects and your generation is definitely more of a generation of, uh, Hey, you know, I'm a, the rugged individualist. And so it, it can be even tougher. I mean, I've, I've had these conversations with my dad that really buy in, but then when you do buy in, especially for somebody who's more independent minded to really see, Oh wow, there is some real 
value and benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and God knew what he was doing when he created us uh, to be in a community. Right, right. You know? I'm glad you used that phrase. I know that anybody who knows me and thinks of me immediately thinks rugged individual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I always joke. I love watching the survival shows, you know, yeah, yeah. Life Below Zero and the Alaska shows. And I always joke. I love it. And I wish I could experience it, but I'd probably be dead in about three days so uh, or less. So anyway, hey, we get a couple minutes here. We're going to get back into Acts uh, chapter 10. And uh, Taylor, why don't we read verses 1 through 27? I think we can get that in before the break, and then we'll, we'll get into the text as we come back. All right, sounds good. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up to heaven. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed at what the vision that he had seen meant, behold, the men who were sent to him having made inquiry of Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging with them. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. I almost timed it right. We got 30 seconds. All right. And Peter went down to the men and said, (laughs) I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for you coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion upon... Uh, an upright and God-fearing man who is well-spoken by the whole Jewish nation was directed by an angel and sent to come to this house to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. And that is where we're at. And we'll be back with more after the news. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some, and right now, right now I'm losing bad, stood on this stage night after night, reminding the Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 10, verse one, verses 1 through 33 this week. If you missed any of that, if you've missed any of this program, the first half, um, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com and click on the post. The past programs link. It's a long week, man. I'm getting tired. Um, 
Click on the past programs link there. You'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this program here in just about an hour or so. Um, With that in mind, would you also pray for James Grimm? He is the guy, the SWAT brother, who puts uh, all this on uh, the Internet for all of you. Um, He is going through a difficult time looking at losing his job Mm -hmm. uh, due to the vaccine mandate. So just remember to keep him in prayer. I know I mentioned it uh, yesterday, but just wanted to mention it again. Yep. Well, you just mentioned, too, it's been a long week and you're, you're, you're tired. And that's a good segue until we get an extra hour of sleep on uh, Saturday night. So don't forget to change your clocks back on Saturday night. Technically, I guess it goes into effect at 2 a.m. on and Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yeah. Uh, that was always a big night when I was in college. <laughs> the, the night you set the clocks back, you know, like, like you got a full day, right? You got an extra hour and, and we all acted like it was a full day. But anyway. So, Taylor, you read uh, a good majority of that text, and we'll finish that text off in a couple of minutes. But this this passage, essentially, like we've said, is is about the salvation of Cornelius, a Roman, a Gentile, and and, and God's use of of Peter um, to to accomplish that or to be his vessel in in accomplishing that. And so far, you know, we've looked at, um, there are four main points. We've looked at a couple of them, but four main points about how in every salvation experience, God works through um, certain certain things, and and number one is he he works through a divinely orchestrated plan, and we we've talked about that. Brad talked about that with you to some degree, um, well not to some degree to a large degree, and um, but that that divinely in that divinely orchestrated plan, uh, God shows His sovereignty in choosing His people, uh, the way He chose Cornelius, the way He chose Peter. Um, we talked about why it's important to understand that God sovereignly chooses his people. Uh, we looked at God's sovereignty in, in choosing his timing, right? We, in this chapter, Peter's having the vision, telling him it's okay you know, mm-hmm. to, to eat unclean animals. And right at that moment, Cornelius' men come and knock on his door. And Cornelius had just been visited by the angel uh, telling him to send for Peter. So that, all that timing uh, under God's sovereignty. And that God is sovereign in choosing his plan, right? Uh, that verse 5, yeah, the plan was send men to Joppa, right, to get Peter. And then it unfolded from there. And then we talked about that in every salvation experience, God divinely, God works through divinely ordained priests. And uh, we had a long discussion about that, as did you and Brad, about who are the divinely ordained priests. And it, it's us. It's It's believers. It's... And we read a lot of scriptures about that, that, that point to that we are a, a, a royal priesthood, a, a chosen people. In Second Peter, in First Peter chapter 2, it says uh, we are a people for God's own possession, right? And just that reminder that, that that's why we're here. That's the mission. We are that God's divinely ordained priests. It doesn't take someone <laughs> right. who we might think of as a professional, mm-hmm. right, who's been to seminary or who's this or that, but that, that we are all considered um, part of the priesthood and, uh, and, and that you know, another, another passage that talks about we are the living temple. We are living stones in the temple. Um, God used to, God's presence symbolically used to dwell, you know, in the Old Covenant, in the physical, first in the wilderness, right, and in the Old Testament in the tabernacle. Um, and then in the temple when that was built. But now God's presence, you know, exists in his people and dwells in his people. And so we are a living, a living temple. And as part of that divinely ordained priests conversation, we talked about, you know, that question, how beautiful are my feet? 
right? You and Brad had a great conversation about that, about that if people don't hear, if they don't have the good news taken to them, how can they believe, right? How can they respond? And so that that question of Brad's pedicures notwithstanding, <laughs> we had to get another shot in there at you, Brad. That's two. <laughs> um, but that question of that self-examination question of how beautiful are my feet? Um, are my feet active in taking the good news? Um, you know, I don't think I got to this, but Doug, Doug had a couple of great quotes in the SWAT Bible study about that. Um, talking about be an, be an ambassador, not an emperor yeah. <laughs> in our own lives. Right. Did you recall him saying that? And what, what did that mean to you? How did that hit you? What does that tell you? I remember who the King is. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. That an ambassador, we're representing someone else. Mm-hmm. An ambassador is, is under the service, like you said, of the King or, or, or their, their leader. And Doug talks a lot about, especially when we went to Israel, about that that disciples or followers of a rabbi, their goal was to be like the rabbi, but to do, be in service of the rabbi. And and here, the same thing. We are to be ambassadors for Christ with beautiful feet, not emperors. The emperor is kind of an end to himself. Brad right. mentioned the Dead Sea, um, and it's you know we, we got to go there, and it was really a cool experience but it's dead because it only takes water in there's no outflow right and and we don't want to be like that we're, we're not emperors of our lives uh or in the world we're ambassadors it's christ's world and we we belong to him and then also the fact that that as a divinely ordained pe- priest peter was approachable and available right he we healed aeneas Earlier in that chapter, he raised, uh, or actually in chapter 9, he raised Dorcas. Um, Cornelius was in some ways spiritually dead right before he knew Christ, and, and, and Peter was involved in the raising of Cornelius to spiritual life. And, you know, I, we're going to talk about this a little more as we get into the rest of this, but it, it's hard to always be approachable and available, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. things of the world weigh you down a little bit, and and keeping up with all this is tiring. It's tiring. Do you experience that? Oh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes... You just yawned earlier. Sometimes you're just tired in general. And as somebody who has a a resting, mean-looking face, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of energy to come off as approachable, you know, whether I... And if I'm not, you know, if I get a little tired, I'm not really thinking so much about what my face looks like, and I could probably look pretty standoffish, even if I'm not really feeling that way. Right, right. And as an athlete, I know you know the importance of... I, I use these two words a lot. I used to use them with my kids, be approachable and coachable, mm-hmm. right? Be willing to learn, understand that you don't know everything and that you've got a lot to learn. And, uh, and so I think as believers, you know, being, having that kind of humility and that kind of attitude is really important because I think people do have questions and they do want to hear things, but you don't want them to be like feeling like they can't, can't approach you because you're irritated you know, or right. I'm irritated. And then thirdly, God in every salvation experience works through a divine opportunity to profess, right? Um, in verse 8 of what you read, it talks about how uh, Cornelius told his men that he was going to send to Peter exactly what the, what the angel told him and why mm-hmm. they needed to go get Peter. And then later on, Peter saw the vision and then had the Lord tell him, there are men at the door, go with them, right? And Peter did, right? So this idea that 
you know, we have this opportunity to profess. Well, to profess what, right? Our, our, our love for God and our obedience with, with words and actions. You know, we talked about this a lot in SWAT, that it's not just words, but it's the actions that, that back up the words, right? And uh, again, Cornelius sent his men. Peter went to, to Cornelius, right? So the actions revealed um, their faith and their trust in God and, and revealed their obedience to what God was asking. Um, and so there are some passages that we wanted to read quickly in Scripture that just talk about um, how our, our love for God is displayed by our obedience and our actions. Uh, Doug talked about that, that that's what the world is really looking at. That's the way that they're going to see our love for Jesus is by our obedience and our actions. And so why don't we read a couple of those? Um, I actually had the first one, Taylor. It's John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. And Jesus, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So a, a familiar passage, but the idea that abiding in the word, being obedient to Christ shows that, that we're his disciples. And then I think you had Luke nine twenty three to 25. Yep. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Mm. Just as a quick aside, I may have mentioned this when I was on before, but when we were in Israel, one of the places we got to go was Caesarea Philippi. Mm. And Caesarea Philippi was a huge pagan city up in the northern part um, of Israel or of Judea. And and, um, and uh, the disciples probably wondered, why are we here? And that's where Jesus gave the teaching of, he, he told Peter, you're the rock and on this on the on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, there was a real visual object lesson there in that Caesarea Philippi was a real visible example of the gates of hell. And Jesus' point was, gates are defensive. The church is to be offensive, going into places even like that. Um, and so that changed that whole passage for me. I, I, You know, you read things in Scripture, right? And they went to Capernaum mm-hmm. and they went to Bethsaida. And, they, and you don't think about it. But having been over there and having that location explained makes that passage so much more rich. But the passage you just read about take up your cross daily and follow me and deny yourself was also said at Caesarea Philippi. Um, check me on that. But I, I looked at that uh, after Doug taught on that. And I guess the point I took from it was here in the cradle of all the world has to offer, all the pleasures of the world, right, food and orgies and this and that, um, Jesus is saying you got to deny yourself and, and follow me, right? Be, in other words, be obedient. Um, and then John fourteen fifteen is a familiar verse where Jesus says very simply, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? So obedience equals equals love. And then you had... First John 2, 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and that the truth is not in him. I know we're going to come up to the break, but the question I want to kind of hit us with before the break is, do we see our primary mission to serve at God's direction, right? To be his ambassador. Going back to Hebrews, are, are we all in? Those yeah. are some of the things I was thinking about as we were 
getting this lesson originally from Doug. So we'll hit on those as we get back. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Need to Breathe coming at you with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 1 verses, or excuse me, chapter 10 verses 1 through 33. We are going to be finishing that up today. That's what we've looked at this week. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, that's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at SWATradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R at SWATradio.com. We are going to finish up with this, and then uh, if we have time, maybe towards the end, if you have questions, we would love to have you call in. So before the break, we were just talking about, you know, uh, uh, being a, a, a divinely ordained priest and then having a divinely op- uh, divine opportunity to profess. And I was just pondering that question of what is it in our lives that keeps us from taking those divine opportunities mm-hmm. to profess? And uh any thoughts on that in terms of, you know, opportunities that we let slip by and, and how we might be aware of that and watch out for those? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, fear is definitely one, mm. the biggest one that keeps people from, um, you know, professing and uh, from being an opportunity to be a witness. Um, and also even, um, you know, when God comes to them and says, follow me, keep them from actually following so i think fear is probably the biggest Mm. it has to be the biggest one. yeah yeah i agree with you i for me i know it's also just it's it's sin in my life sometimes Mm -hmm. it's flat out laziness yeah pride yep it's flat out not caring sometimes and and not appreciating the importance of the message message of the gospel i mean when you really stop and think what what the destiny of people is apart from Christ that should produce an urgency. Mm -hmm. And, and I think Doug's great about that. I think Doug really, really conveys that. And, and I hope it's rubbing off on me because there's a lot of times where I'm just not, um, as urgent 
about that as I should be. Um, and, you know, all those things are kind of things that are on us, right, that are part of our sinful nature or old nature, and God's changing that. Yeah. We, know, we know that. But another important factor to remember so that we don't lose heart, if you will, is, is to remember that we're opposed. And, um, you know, John Eldridge is one of my favorite authors, and mm. everybody knows him from Wild at Heart, but he wrote a lot of other good books, too, and he wrote one called Waking the Dead. And I have a quote from that. I'm not going to read it in the interest of time, but he talks a lot in that book about the fact that we are in a battle. Now, we know the outcome. The outcome's been decided. But that doesn't mean that the enemy, or the devil, is not going to try to inflict as much damage as he can while he still can. Mm-hmm. And, and we're part of that, and we're needed in that. And, you know, Proverbs 4.23, I don't have this in very good position. I keep moving my mouth from the microphone. <laughs> Out of practice. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the wellspring of life. And, and, and what is it that the enemy tries to do? He tries to get at our heart, right? He, he hits us with all kinds of different things that may cause us to, to lose heart. And if we lose heart, we're not going to be effective, right? And I'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but how do we combat that attack? And how do we combat um, loss of heart? And how do we guard our heart? But, um, and then finally, you know, this idea of divine opportunity to profess Right, it's it's professing um, our love for God, professing the truth of who Jesus is and, and the, what 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 the gospel says. Right, and and you and Brad were touching on the idea of our testimonies, but also having the ability to do a quick and clear presentation of the gospel if we only have a, a couple of minutes or or thirty seconds or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you know that that kind of reminded me of when we went to the Philippines and Brad and I were both part of that in 2018, we were going to be able to do evangelist evangelistic type 10 to 15 minute presentations at, at schools. Mm. And one of the things we worked on was that little outline of the gospel. And, and it stayed with me, you know, it's this four point quick, you know, kind of good way, I think to, to, to explain the gospel, this idea that God's plan was to originally have us be in perfect, dependent relationship with him, that we would live sinlessly like Adam and Eve were created and that we would be in perfect relationship. But then we have our problem, right? Point two is, so point one is God's plan. Point two is our problem. We sinned, right? Adam and Eve sinned, but you and I would have sinned as well, right? And everybody has sinned, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that this problem not just doesn't just cause separation from God, you know, if you say to somebody, well, it causes you to be separated from God, they might think, well, that's not that bad. But the the real thing is it causes us to be under God's judgment and wrath and punishment forever. Um, but God loved us so much that point three is his solution is Jesus, right? That, that Jesus came, died for our sins, lived a perfect life, and that we get that to use that big boy theological term, as my friend says, uh, double imputation, right? His righteousness is credited to us. Our sin is is put on his account. Um, but that Jesus, it's, it doesn't stop there. It de- he, he demands a response, and that's point four. What is our response to Jesus? Um, we know that the only way to be saved is to put our faith in him. We're saved by grace, through faith, in Christ, plus nothing, right? So, I just thought that, that, you know, I'd encourage people to, to have that kind of a good little outline. 
that doesn't hurt to practice that. And I'm guilty of not having done that and, and had to do that as part of that trip. And uh, so that was, I think that's a, a good point about being able to be ready to profess, right? Bible says to always have an answer for the hope that's in us. And then finally, God in all salvation experiences works through a divinely observable presence, right? Um, so in every salvation experience, the individual who's being saved hears the gospel, typically from a believer, right, who carries the, the Spirit of God, reflected by humility in the believer, reflected by dependence on God. Um, in verse 33, I, I, and I, why don't you read that real quick? I think we got a couple of minutes um, why don't we read from 23 to 33 just to finish that off? And you mean 27 where it says that? Sorry, 27 is fine. Yeah, that's right. fine. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, you yourselves know how, how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me, and Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa, and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I went for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Mm, thanks. So verse 33, right there, Cornelius says, we're all here in the presence of God. So again, I, with a divinely observable presence, and Peter carried the Spirit of the Lord. And of course, there are scriptures that tell us that in Ephesians 2.18. It says, for through him we both, meaning Jews and Gentiles, have access in one spirit to the Father. And in Acts three nineteen and 20, it says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that, that he may send the Christ appointed to you, even Jesus. You know, when I read that and I thought, I see repent and then refreshing, I immediately thought of the prodigal son. Mm. Was anybody more refreshed or relieved than the prodigal son, right? And, of course, that's the picture of any of us who repent, even as Doug talks about that a lot, right? That we still screw up. We're not perfect, but but what do we do when we do screw up? Go repent quickly, right? And get the We don't stop being God's sons and daughters, mm-hmm. but the communication can get a little messed up, right? Because of our sin. And so we, we go to him and, and, and repent. Um, and then, you know, kind of similar to what we were just talking about, about what are the things in our lives that keep us from, being effective divinely ordained priests and effectively professing um, professing our love and obedience for God and professing the gospel. Um, you know, oop, I, tur- I turned to the wrong page. I'm going, I already talked about that. <laughs> um, I'm getting tired too. But the question is, is a divinely observable presence always evidence in me, evident in me? And God doesn't move. I do. And mm-hmm. so that, that presence, I think, how, how it shines through me is brighter at times and, 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 and certainly dimmer at times. And I thought of John fifteen five, where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that leads us 
finally to to thinking about our time alone with God, right? Where it did for me. Why is that important? Well, it's important first of all because He commands it, and and it's an end in itself in the sense that God wants that one-on-one time with us. He wants that relationship, and um, it's it's we're in His presence. We're we're worshiping. We're communing. We're loving Him. Um, we don't hear this very. Here's a Zephaniah verse. How oh, many times <laughs> have we read verses from Zephaniah? 317, it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Right? That should change how we feel about spending one-on-one time with him, that that's his reaction to us. I, I, yeah. I don't think of that very often. I've said in my testimony before, there was a time in my life where I knew God loved me because he had to, because he's God. I didn't think he liked me very much, mm. you know? And um, I think that verse really kind of can clear some of that up. And then finally, our, our time with God, of course, fuels us. It's, it's our time with God that allows us to really show that divinely observable presence, right? To be light, to be salt, right? That we're, we're with him. And I have a friend who says he, he fuels us up. Right? He teaches us. He emboldens us for the mission. And, and I'll end with this. You know, you're an athlete. You, you played in a lot of games. How would you have played if you sat in a quiet locker room alone as opposed to sitting in a locker room with a coach giving you a, prep, a pep talk and your teammates getting you fired up, right? Different result probably. So we get fueled up, you know, to use that athletic analogy by the Lord for our mission similar in a similar way but in a much more important way right well that is all the time we have for today and for the week you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio and you can also download our swat app in the app store Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the